Hello and welcome to The Most Accurate Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gelhar. The Most Accurate Podcast is proud to be presented by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has an all-new format for snake drafts, the Battle Royale. I'll give you the full rundown on this awesome new game type later in the show. In the meantime, download the Underdog Fantasy app and get ready to play. Today's intro song was Fight the Power by Public Enemy, which first appeared on the 1989 soundtrack for Spike Lee's iconic film, Do the Right Thing. A different version of the song was later released on Public Enemy's 1990 album, Fear of a Black Planet. Not only is it an important song given all that's going on in the world, but I thought it was a good representation of Week 6. Many theorized NFL quote-unquote powers were knocked down a peg, including the Packers, Browns, and Bills, while other powers nearly fell from their pedestals, such as the Titans. As usual, be sure to check out my full waiver wire watch column on 444.com, as that'll be the best place to get all of the info and deep targets to be had before Week 7. That column should have over 30 players that I highlight for your consideration, including roster percentage and free agent budget spend. I'm going to discuss about 16 of those players momentarily, but first, the news. We start in Philadelphia, where running back Miles Sanders is expected to miss one to two weeks with a knee injury. The news wasn't as good for Zach Ertz, who the team expects to miss three to four weeks with a high ankle sprain. Dallas Goddard could be activated from IR soon, but if he's not, Richard Rodgers could be a deep name to look to at the tight end position if you're desperate. While we're on the position, Titans tight end Jonu Smith's ankle sprain is considered minor. His status for this week's game against the Steelers is up in the air right now. Jonu's teammate, Corey Davis, was activated from the COVID-19 list, meaning he'll likely be back in the starting lineup for the Titans next week against the Steelers. Raheem Mostert left Sunday night's game with an ankle injury, but he was still seen on the sideline with his helmet later on. His status will need to be monitored throughout the week, but Jarek McKinnon, if he somehow ended up on waivers, is worth an ad. Panthers coach Matt Rule was non-committal on when Christian McCaffrey would return to the team. That is good news right now for those who spent big on Mike Davis earlier this season, but McCaffrey could pop up at any moment, so we need to be sure to monitor his status throughout the week. Don't forget, 444 subscribers can join our exclusive Discord server. The information is on the 444 website, but the Discord server is a chat client that gives you direct access to myself and all of the best 444 analysts. We also often do Ask Me Anythings or AMAs. I host a waiver wire AMA every Tuesday, either at 5 p.m. Eastern or 12 p.m. Eastern. So be sure to grab yourself a 444 subscription, come in and join the Discord server for the best direct access and information you can get. TJ Hernandez does a late Saturday DFS AMA. I do my waiver wire AMA. It is a wonderful feature that we're offering to you, our subscribers. So don't miss out. All right, a quick reminder before we dive in, roster percentages are pulled from Yahoo Fantasy Leagues, and free agent budget recommendations are based on a $100 season-long budget. Each positional list of recommendations will be ranked from top priority to lowest. Kicking things off, here are my top quarterback ads of the week. Justin Herbert for the Chargers, 54%. Gardner Minshew for the Jaguars, 46%. And Teddy Bridgewater for the Panthers, 48%. Herbert is growing into his role as the franchise passer. He threw for 300-plus yards in each of his first two starts, and then threw three-plus touchdowns in each of his next two. Herbert's coming off of his bye, which should be good for him to both heal up 
and get a little more acclimated with the system. And he comes back into an extremely, extremely favorable matchup against the Jaguars defense. Herbert was potentially dropped in your league over his buy, so he should be the top ad of the week at quarterback, and I would throw at least $5 at him. Speaking of the Jaguars, Gardner Minshew is the second best option this week in my eyes. Minshew has scored two plus touchdowns in every game but one this year and has thrown for at least 243 yards in every game but one as well. The Chargers defense is pretty good on paper, but they are missing a lot of key players, especially in the secondary. There are probably some safer streamers than Minshew, but the mustache offers a decent floor, especially since the Chargers should put up points against him. Rounding out the top three this week is Teddy Bridgewater for the Panthers. Bridgewater disappointed this past week against the Bears, but a lot of quarterbacks are disappointing against the Bears this season as they have one of the better defenses in the league. I like Bridgewater's odds to bounce back against a suspect Saints secondary in Week 7. Every quarterback to face the Saints has scored 20-plus fantasy points this year, and the last four quarterbacks to face the Saints have thrown for at least three passing touchdowns as well. The Saints maybe made some corrections during their bye, but odds are that Bridgewater and that feisty Panthers offense will be ready to go for a nice outing against the Saints. All right, I need to take a quick second here before we get to the rest of the pickups to talk to you guys again about underdog fantasy. We all love snake drafts, we all love big prizes, but we don't all love big entry fees or multi-week contests. So Underdog Fantasy just released an all-new format for their snake drafts. It's called Battle Royale. In Battle Royale, you draft a one-week team like you normally would, but instead of only competing against the other teams in your specific draft, you compete with teams from other drafts. This way, the pool, they pull together the prizes so you can get big tournament-style payouts while keeping the live snake draft format. If you think this is your week and you can draft the best team, you have to try Battle Royale. It offers the big upside a normal snake draft can't with prizes that used to be only attainable in season-long or salary cap tournaments. The first Battle Royale is already up on the Underdog app and website. It's just $5 to enter, has a $25,000 prize pool, and pays out $5,000 to first place. Be sure to download the Underdog Fantasy app from your app store or check out underdogfantasy.com. Now, moving on, let's hit the running backs. Justin Jackson for the Chargers leads the way with 46%. Boston Scott for the Eagles comes in next at 13%. J.D. McKissick for the football team is in here at 11%. And Gus Edwards for the Ravens finishes out the top four at 3%. So despite Justin Jackson's awesome showing two weeks ago on Monday Night Football, he wasn't a hot commodity on the waiver wire as he was heading into his bye week. But here's a reminder of what he did on Monday Night Football. He outtouched Joshua Kelly 20-12, to outgained Kelly 94 to 38 and outstapped him 59% to 35%. Austin Eckler still on the sideline making Jackson an excellent pickup especially against that Jacksonville defense. Miles Sanders suffered a knee injury at the end of a long run against the Ravens and is was undergoing further testing on Monday. We don't quite know the severity they expect it to be at least this Thursday against uh, the Giants that he'll be out which puts Boston Scott in consideration as they pick up and play. So Scott Filled in admirably last year, but in week one, he and Corey Clement split some time, and the Eagles offense couldn't get moving, so neither did much in fantasy. However, with Sanders missing time, over 70% of his backfield touches for the Eagles are freed up, making Scott a low-end RB2 on Thursday Night Football. There's certainly some risk, but if you're hurting or in a pinch for running backs, Scott's going to fall into some volume. J.D. McKissick isn't a number, isn't a name a lot of people probably want to be starting in fantasy, but he led the football team in backfield touches this past week with 14. Antonio Gibson had 13, so it wasn't a huge lead, but McKissick now has three straight games with six-plus catches and 40-plus receiving yards. He's offering a reasonable floor in PPR formats thanks to his heavy passing game usage. Upside is obviously limited in that football team offense, but if you're in a bigger league and just looking for a non-zero at running back, McKissick is certainly a guy to look to. Gus Edwards rounds out the top four, and obviously he's a guy that could give you a zero in the stat sheet. However, he led the Ravens in backfield carries this past week, but totaled just 26 yards. 
Mark Ingram was seen hobbling with an ankle injury, and it's possible the Ravens will look to scale back Ingram's workload or maybe sit him to get healthy. If that happens, Edwards and J.K. Dobbins will be more viable as this backfield will get more concentrated. However, as it stands, with Lamar Jackson stealing carries in this 300 monster, these guys aren't really startable. But Edwards could be worth a speculative ad in case Ingram ends up on the shelf temporarily. As for wide receivers, there's some familiar names on this list, but here are my top five for Week 7. Chase Claypool for the Steelers, 48%. T. Higgins for the Bengals, 52%. Mike Williams for the Chargers, 45%. Travis Fulgham for the Eagles, 31%. And Tim Patrick for the Broncos at 12%. Claypool was atop this list last week, and he really truly disappointed us in week six. He only found the end zone once, and on a rushing attempt, no less. All jokes aside, Claypool tied for second on the team in targets with four and caught all four of them for 74 yards. The team loves to use him in different ways, and he is looking like he's going to be a big part of this offense moving forward, making him one of the top ads of the week can still throw at least $20, 20% of your budget at him. As for T. Higgins, he showed up big in week six, catching six of his eight targets for 125 yards. Higgins is averaging eight targets per game over his last four, catching just under five a game for about 76 yards. He's emerged as a favorite target for Joe Burrow on an offense that has to consistently pass the ball, making Higgins a wide receiver two to three uh, for the next foreseeable future, honestly, and especially next week against the Browns. Mike Williams was dropped in a ton of leagues with the Chargers heading into a bye and Mike Williams looking like he maybe injured himself at the end of that game. So it's worth looking if he's still free in your league. He's coming off a 5-catch, 109, 2-touchdown performance last Monday night and has a decent connection with Justin Herbert. Keenan Allen is probably going to be healthy as he had a minor back injury heading into the bye, but Williams is a deep target and a red zone threat, so he's probably also worth around $20 of your budget if you can nab him. Somehow, someway, Travis Fulham has become the Eagles' number one wideout, sort of by default. But he's caught 16 of his 23 targets in that role the last two weeks for 227 yards and two touchdowns. Deshaun Jackson could be back next week, and Alshon Jeffrey is also working his way back. But for now, Fulham's production likely earned him both more playing time and the trust of Carson Wentz. I like him as an ad this week, and uh, I would throw anywhere from $10 to $15 at him. Rounding up the top five is Tim Patrick this week. Patrick has now gone for 100-plus yards in consecutive games for the Broncos. He's posted totals of four catches, 43 yards, and a touchdown. Six catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown, and four catches for 101 yards over his last three games. Injuries to the Broncos receiving corps have forced him into a number one role, and he has delivered. The Broncos could be in a high-passing volume game next week when they have to host the Chiefs. All right, closing things out, let's get to tight ends. Rob Gronkowski leads the way again at 59%. Trey Burton for the Colts is number two at 20%. And Jamie Graham for the Bears comes in this list again at 53% rostered. Gronk torched the Packers during the Buccaneers' blowout win, catching five passes for 78 yards and a touchdown. He's seen an uptick in work with O.J. Howard's sideline and is flashing that iconic connection with Tom Brady again. Gronk is moving into fringe tight end one, tight end two status the rest of the way here, so if he's still out on your waiver wire, go get him. I wouldn't be afraid to throw $5 or more at him. Trey Burton missed part of the early season with an injury, but since his return, he's seen five-plus targets in three straight games. He cashed in on those opportunities this week, catching four for 58 yards and a touchdown. Jack Doyle is still in this mix, um, but Burton looks like the choice here. He's a low-end streamer given the combination of the Colts' offensive struggles and Philip Rivers' penchant for spreading the ball around to multiple targets, including the other team. As for Jimmy Graham, he got five passes against the Panthers, but managed just 34 yards. He's seen 18.4% of Nick Foles' targets over the last four games, though, which is an elite target share at the tight end position. The volume makes Graham a nice pick, but the upside feels relatively limited as this Bears offense isn't the most explosive unit. Graham is a low-end tight end one next week against the Rams. All right, let me run through that list one more time for you guys here before we close out. Justin Herbert, Gardner Minshew, and Teddy Bridgewater were the quarterbacks. 
Justin Jackson for the Chargers, Boston Scott for the Eagles, J.D. McKissick for the football team, and Gus Edwards for the Ravens were the running backs. At wide receiver, we had Chase Claypool for the Steelers, T. Higgins for the Bengals, Mike Williams for the Chargers, Travis Fulgham for the Eagles, and Tim Patrick for the Broncos. And closing thing out at tight end, we had Rob Gronkowski for the Buccaneers, Trey Burton for the Colts, and Jimmy Graham for the Bears. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for me. Thanks again for listening to the Most Accurate Podcast. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, especially review it on iTunes wherever you listen. Those really, really help out the podcast. I appreciate those of you who have given feedback on the new format as well. People seem to be liking it. I'll continue to try and perfect it as we get along. As you noticed, I gave you a whole rundown of the players again at the end. Sometimes simple things like that get overlooked during the production process, but I am going to try to stay focused and continue adding them for you. You can find me on Twitter at Alex Gelhar. Until next time. Good luck in week seven. Give what you're getting, knowing what I'm knowing, while our black band's sweating, in the rhythm I'm rolling, gotta give us what we want, gotta give us what we need.